What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Hardcore Gamer Show, our twice-a-month show for gamers, made by gamers. I'm your hardcore host, Michael Koval. It's Sunday, April 3rd, 2022, and joining me, as always, are Vincent the Man Hand. Good to have you, Vincent. It's me. I'm here. I have root beer. I do have a root beer. He's there. He's got his root beer. He's ready to go. And, of course, with me as well is Nathan Ludall. How are you doing today, Nathan? I'm doing great. I do not have root beer, but I have coffee, which I'll hey. take. Um, tell us in the comments below, are you a root beer person or a coffee person? Uh, <laughs> I typically drink a, a liter of root beer every single morning to wake every morning, up. Every morning, yeah. <laughs> Arcs. It has bite. Um, we've got a great show today. We're going to be talking about, uh, the newly revealed PlayStation Plus tiers, uh, that we just got details on this week, and, uh, we're going to close out the show with some community questions. But first, it's a new month, and you know what that means. We've got a new game for our game club. Each month, we play a new game and vote to decide if the game can win our hardcore seal of approval in our game club episode airing at the end of each and every month. Listeners, you can play along with us by subscribing on the podcast service of your choice, and you can get in on the discussion by joining us on Discord, tweeting to us at the HGZ Show on Twitter, or sending us an email to hgzgameclub at gmail.com. This month, Vincent had the pick for our game of the month. Vincent, what are we playing? Y'all, um, struck by inspiration, uh, I saw for the month of April that a certain Sega property was uh, getting quite a bit of attention. And uh, another Sega property was not getting any attention. And so uh, that is why I picked uh, Shenmue to be our game of the month. That's right, baby. We are playing 1999's Shenmue. Uh, this game is probably the oldest game we'll have ever had as our game club pick uh, up until this point. I don't know. Um, Dishonored 2 is pretty old, I think, but it's not like 1999. Uh, I'm excited to try this thing out. I'm excited to be a detective and a brawler all at the same time. Uh, definitely. I uh, think you are 100% right about that uh, going to be the oldest uh, so far game that we've played for Game Club. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into that with you guys and uh, see what we think about an older title, if it's if it holds up or what. Um, so be on the lookout for that Game Club episode at the end of this month. For now, let's start by getting right into our hardcore playlist. Nathan, I'm coming right at you first. What have you been playing this week? Objection. Um, <laughs> oh, if that isn't a signal for I've been playing, then you're listening to the wrong podcast because I am playing Ace Attorney, specifically the second entry, Justice for All. This is a cool game. I um, have, have any of you guys played the Ace Attorney games before? I've played a couple. Um, Megan and I played through the first one, and uh, we got to the bonus case and got very stuck on inspecting one of the items. Yeah, Nathan, I'm. Uh, I know about the series, but I haven't. I haven't played any of it myself. So uh, tell me, yeah, what what is appealing? Why why are you into this game right now? So the Ace Attorney series, which originated on the Game Boy Advance, was it's like this visual novel slash detective uh, game series where 
you play as the uh, Tatalier Ace Attorney, who uh, solves cases by gathering evidence and um, ma making his way through. And there's kind of a like campiness to it, as well as like some mystical stuff that ends up popping up throughout. Um, I, it's just a lot of fun. Everything's super over the top. When you're doing the actual like court cases themselves, a lot of times like you'll make like really like just like out there like um opinions but like accusations yeah accusations and your defendant or like the judge or the like uh opposing attorney will just like flip their absolute shit, like sometimes at whatever you're saying and just it, it's so funny and like just seeing like the like accused just melt down on the stand is it's it's hilarious and it's like it's fairly clever too in a lot of ways. I think how the like um logic like puzzle like unravels like throughout each case is like pretty well done. But it's yeah, it's super over the top, just like fun Sega nonsense or Capcom nonsense, sorry. Capcom sense. Capcom <laughs> sense, yes. But yeah. Uh so I've been playing that recently and it's been a ton of fun. It has one of my all-time favorite pieces of music from any video game, and it's when Phoenix is, like, about to win the case. Like, he's presented, like, the last, like, piece of evidence that ties the whole, um, like, witnesses, like, story together. It's the, like, and, oh, it gets me so hype. It's my favorite. I love that game. Awesome. Uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like it is, uh, what, courtroom, the anime, or <laughs> something like that. Basically. Basically, yeah. Awesome. So I'm, I'm sure that's a lot of fun. I, uh, I've been interested in that um, series in a while, so hearing you having a good time with it and uh, hearing about that it is kind of this over-the-top fun, that, that only makes me more interested. Um, not stopping for any moment, though, we've got another game on your list. Tell me, what else have you been playing? Yeah, so I'd be amiss to not mention this because we tend to play this every once in a while. And yeah, I don't know if we've ever like popped up with it, but uh, recently the HGZ has been playing Sea of Thieves. Um, yeah. The pirate game from, was it, uh, not Rare Studios, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, Nathan, uh, I've popped in there with you. Uh, we finally got to uh, do uh, something I've been wanting to do since I started playing Sea of Thieves, and that was drive the big boat. Yeah, the uh, galleon. We, we had enough people to drive the big boat. Um, but uh, what, what's, what's one of the coolest things about Sea of Thieves uh, that has brought you back to it? I mean, like, for one, like, I can actually play with friends now because I've... Decided to make the mastermind move of splitting up my sleep schedule. So now I can, you know, galaxy brain this stuff and like actually do stuff during my day. So I'm able to play online games with my friends again. That's really nice. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like Sea of Thieves. I like the fact that like this giant pirate sim where you can like go to island islands, like loot treasure, fight skeletons and other like players and everything. And... I think one of the most like underrated parts of Sea of Thieves is there was a moment where all of us were on the boat and we're just like sailing to like some location and one of us gets like on the like the front part of the boat and starts playing the music 
and then uh, somebody starts the can can and everybody gets to the front of the boat and just starts hopping up and down and i just absolutely start rolling laughing it was the peak gaming i i love that moment uh because i yeah either one of you was on the very tip of the boat i came up there and started playing music we all just started jumping up and down um, and then we turned around and our friend Billy had been driving and he was also on the very tip of the boat playing music <laughs> with us. And we were like, wait, if you're here, who's driving this boat? It's um, very fun to uh, either use the accordion or the uh, the hurdy-gurdy and play Infernal Gallop and chase your friends around and jump around all over the place. It's highly recommend. Sea of Thieves is such a fun game. It's like so... Um, cartoony in its actions but it's very methodical in its processes it's like even when you get on the island like trying to find the treasure is a lot of like where the hell are we going like okay like so this is a bottleneck like would you consider this the bottleneck it's like a really interesting uh like group dynamic to have as well and uh, it makes playing it all the more fun yeah yeah um a lot of like the the tasks that you do actually have more depth uh than you might be immediately expecting with its kind of like cartoon look and everything. Um, but yeah, always, always happy to see uh, Sea of Thieves getting a shout out. Tons of goofy fun to be had, especially if you've got some pals to jump in there with. Um, keeping right along, Vincent, I'm going to jump over to you next here. Uh, you have a couple of really interesting games to me on your list. Um, I'll let you start with whichever one you want. Uh, oh, lots yeah. of lots of fours on your list here. Tell me about <laughs> what you've been playing. I started finally playing Persona 4 Golden. Um, I talk a lot of shit on this podcast. Uh, uh, sometimes I have to put my money where my mouth is, so in tune with me starting a ton of RPGs and not finishing them, I'm starting Persona 4 Golden and going to finish it whenever the hell I want. That's right, baby. I'm just that same old JRPG trash. I love to put it on, play a couple hours, come back to it whenever I feel like it. It is wildly different from Persona 5 uh, okay. for a lot of reasons. I... I... Uh, I was going to ask if I can immediately jump right in. I, I wanted to say, I mean, I don't know how far you are into it uh, total, but yeah, I mean, coming from uh, Persona 5 and going back, how has your experience been? Because I've seen some screenshots and even just looking at the screenshots, um, you know, it, it doesn't look bad or anything, but Persona 5 just commits so hard to mm -hmm. having a sense of style and, uh, you know, even, even the text boxes that pop up, everything is sort of uh, stylized in, in this complete way. Um, so how, how has your experience been going back to a previous Persona? Are you finding it as interesting so far? I am. It's a, total, it's a totally different uh, style of uh, visual. Like, I would say that persona 5 leaned a lot like heavier into the like jazzy anime like aesthetic lots of like distinct colors things were usually like red black or white uh, other characters had like one color that sort of represented them and you would see it like all over them um in persona 4 golden it's like this very small town with not a lot in it so the community is made up of just this like 
small like smattering of people that go on walks all over the place it's not a densely populated city like tokyo that needs to be filled and like everything needs to pop out for you to see it um or like shibuya uh it's it looks a lot different and uh it also sort of feels a lot different in its tone so far i think um persona 5 is a pretty like idealistic tone right now um but in Persona 4 Golden, it starts off like strong. This is a detective story. Like this is, we are figuring out this like murder or we are figuring out these like strings of murders. Um, and it's very interesting and sort of plays into that whole like TV, like serial detective show uh, kind of aspect for their like, you know, there's TVs. You jump into a TV to go into the to the metaverse to go into uh, Mark Zuckerberg's meta world with the scary tiger. It, it just seems so wildly different so far. And I'm not that far. Um, I think I am just awakening my persona. Mm, okay. All right. Um, well, that's, it, that is exciting. And I will definitely be checking back in with you as your uh, journey sort of progresses uh, to see uh, if it's worth it. If I, if I need to go back and spend, um, I don't know, a hundred hours or something in, in another Persona game. <laughs> well, dude, I, I really want to play this game too. And I've heard, it, it's funny whenever you talk to somebody about the Persona series, because there's a good chance that like, depending on who you're talking to, like, I mean, Persona 5 Royal is like, you know, peak JRPG, like everything. But there's like a good amount of people that their favorite Persona games are either three or four. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I am, like, interested to go back. But these are PS2-era games, right? These are very old JRPGs. So, yeah, no, I, it, it looks really cool. And, you know, Atlas, please port to more than just the PC and the Vita. Uh, I'm going to keep us rolling here. Uh, but you do have one more game that I want to hear about. I because do. you're playing... My favorite game, you are playing some Uncharted 4. Vince, tell me about your experience. I see that you've been playing uh, on the, uh, what, Thieves Collection. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got the new PlayStation 5 enhancements. Uh, what are you thinking jumping back into Uncharted 4? It's just great. It's so good. The writing in this game is amazing. Um, Hidden in plain sight, like I mentioned uh, in a previous episode, is the perfect vertical slice for like the power of the PlayStation 4, as well as like that whole generation of gaming. Like, yes, you can make this very climactic action sequence happen after having a diverse puzzle with like many moving mechanisms and a densely populated crowd and marketplace. Like this is Naughty Dog, like, destroying the game, like, dropping a mic uh, through the earth and, like, corrupting the center of it. Like, it's that hard. Uh, it's so good. I'm playing this game on hard right now. I wish I was playing it on crushing because those gunfights are amazing. They're so fun. Uh, some of them uh, can get a little hairy. Uh, the last exit on the museum heist uh was pretty tough for me um and i remember that being a pain point when i had previously played so i think that's just a uh, matter of getting behind cover and staying behind cover 
Uh, I'm loving this game. I'm almost to the end. We just got to chapter 18. Megan has never seen the end of this game before, but she is following the story closely, and I am excited for this cinematic finale. Awesome. That makes me really happy to hear. I'm really excited for Megan to see the conclusion to the story. Um, yeah, my my favorite series in all of gaming. So uh, I'm I'm always happy to hear the praise, and I'm glad that you're having a good time returning to that one. And I'm excited to play uh, Lost Legacy for the first time too. This uh, PS5 collection is really awesome. really great. Uh, I've been playing in performance uh, mode, and uh, it looks gorgeous. That that 60 FPS is great and all, but like, man, it really does look and feel like a movie sometimes when uh, that frame rate and graphics are hidden just right. Also, I think that frame rate hits 60 pretty frequently. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think it's more favor rev resolution than, like, only resolution. Awesome. Well, that's really cool to hear that's going to be your first time through Lost Legacy as well. That game, um, yeah, totally worth playing. And I think uh, is some people's favorite Uncharted. Um, not mine, but uh, other <laughs> other people would say that. Anyway, um, we are running short on time, so I'll just quickly mention, uh, I think we have talked about this game plenty on this podcast. Uh, choose any episode from our catalog and you might hear uh, one of us ranting and raving, but I am back into playing some Persona 5 Royal. Um, we talked about it earlier for a recording that we were doing, and... Uh, I, I got back into it, you know, I wanted to get back in and finish. I haven't finished uh, the Royal content, uh, and so I'm committed now. I don't know if I will finish it all in this same run right now, but uh, I'm trying to make some more progress and get further. Um, but I'll just uh, very, very quickly mention the one thing that I keep getting surprised by is like how much of a better experience Royal is than the Vanilla 5. There's so many small quality of life things um, from the layout to the dungeons to the abilities that your confidants unlock. Uh, you know, some of them unlock sooner, some of them unlock a, a slightly different, you know, better version than what it was in five. And there's just constantly little things like that where I'm like, wow, every like single aspect that you could have looked at in five and been like, maybe we could tweak this to make it a little better has been tweaked to be made a little better. Um, so if you're wondering at all, I don't know who is still wondering, but if you're wondering at all, it's like, do not play Persona 5, play Royal, do yourself a favor, uh, find Royal and play Royal. Mm -hmm. But, uh, we are running short on time for our playlist, so we are going to take a quick break and then come right back with our topic of the show. Today, we are talking about the new PlayStation Plus tiers that Sony just announced uh, earlier this week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the details straight from their PlayStation blog post. Um, so we are getting rid of PlayStation Now in favor of these new tiers. There are going to be three tiers of PlayStation Plus now. You have the bottom tier, which is PlayStation Plus Essential. This provides the same benefits that PlayStation Plus members are getting today. That includes the two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage, and online multiplayer. Basically, there are no changes at this tier, and it, the price is remaining that 
uh, same price as well, $9.99 a month, $24.99 quarterly, and $59.99 yearly. The second tier and first tier that includes new stuff is going to be PlayStation Plus Extra. This provides all the benefits of the essential tier, plus adds a catalog of 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Uh, this tier is a higher price. This is going to be $14.99 monthly, $39.99 quarterly, and $99.99 yearly. Last tier, the highest tier here, is PlayStation Plus Premium. Stick with me. <laughs> uh, this one provides all of the tiers from the uh, bottom two tiers, plus adds up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming and a catalog of classic games available in both streaming and download options from PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation Portable generations. Um, this tier is, like I said, the most expensive. That one's going to be $17.99 monthly, $49.99 quarterly, and $119.99 yearly. So that's uh, a lot to unpack there, and I want to throw it to you guys and get your thoughts here. But I guess my first question um, is, does this excite you guys? Is this something that the hardcore gamers, others like us, should be interested in and find appealing? Um, and uh, I guess you can kind of... I mean, there's all three tiers that you can kind of tackle with that, right? Uh, so, Vincent, I'll, I'll go right to you first here, but what are what are some of your kind of initial thoughts on seeing this new offering? First of all, I just want to say, keeping PlayStation Essential the same thing at the same price is a very smart move. I think it's a really good idea, and, I mean, it, it's it's great to lead an announcement by saying, if you don't want this stuff, nothing will change for you. Like, a PlayStation will continue being what you, like, get. And, you know, you get to download your two free games a month. How cool is that? Um, I'm looking straight at this PlayStation Plus Premium. $17.99 monthly. I think Game Pass Ultimate is $14.99 monthly. That's I correct. Don't, I don't know what their current number is in their catalog i don't know if it's 740 games in their current catalog um spanning multiple generations because i think it does um but i gotta say 740 games ain't nothing to sneeze at um i think this is a decent deal i think it is a, a decent competitor to Game Pass for providing video games to uh, players on PlayStation Plus at uh, whatever level they want. They don't need to get uh, Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, they can just get like regular um, the PlayStation Plus Extra. That's 400 PS4 and PS5 games. That sounds great. I'm trying to think of like 400 great games from the PS4, and uh, I'm sure... I'm sure some of it will be schlock. I'm sure there will be uh, a lot of indies in there too. But um, I think uh, that's a really, really, uh, <laughs> really exciting offer, I'd say. Uh, and I love seeing options for older generations from PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP generations. I never owned a PSP or a PlayStation. So 
those are the games I'm most excited to play. Yeah, uh, I also think there's a lot of great potential here. Um, well, I think one of the key things is we don't know what these uh, the list of games is yet, you know, and I think a lot of our decisions will be based on sort of that information. Um, and But I, I do like uh, what you said about pointing out that, you know, at the base tier, it's like if you don't want anything to change, uh, you don't have to engage in any of this this new stuff. Your tier mm -hmm. will remain the same with the same price. I think that's key. Nathan, uh, what are your thoughts, though? Do you like these tiers? Do you think they're confusing at all with there being a total of three different tiers? One word and one word only is going to determine how good this this uh, tier system is, especially for the premium Parappa. I gotta believe. <laughs> um, I just gotta. All right, so I, Nathan's gonna uh, either either subscribe to the higher tier or not, based off of just Parappa. <laughs> I kind of actually, and I'll I'll get to it, but like it's, I, I I like the tiers for the most part. I think like especially that sweet like middle tier, I think is like really like good bang for your buck, especially um, considering they've already announced that like you're gonna see like tiles like Returnal from the PS5 library, like, pop up on there, like, initially, which is, like, really cool. That confirms, like, yeah, we will get uh, first-party titles on there eventually, which, fine. It doesn't have to be day and date like Xbox does, um, which it would be nice, but I understand why they don't really have to like Xbox does, you know? Ga Game Pass, like, has always been kind of seen as this, uh, it's a really great value for gaming, but it's also, like, a big reason why I think Microsoft has managed to stay afloat for these last couple of years, especially because, you know, they've been really limited in their first party uh, library for quite a while. So, yeah, I mean, the tiers, like when you stack it up against like Game Pass library, especially the day and date stuff might not measure up in some ways, but I think in a lot of ways it's going to please a lot of longtime PlayStation fans. Um yeah, and especially that premium tier. I'm really curious to see what those titles are going to look like if they're rotating like the um, Game Pass oh. library is um, and what like sort of like games they're going to reach back to because, you know, bringing back Persona 3 and 4, those are both PS2 games. I'm curious if like, you know, are they going to like go as far as to like bring back kind of these somewhat obscure like titles like from these companies um or are they just gonna opt for uh lesser than games that don't measure up to parappa i don't know but yeah. as of right now yeah i think it's fine for what it is um yeah i think uh yeah like like we mentioned you know it's it's really gonna come down a lot to these libraries and um, PlayStation has a lot of potential because that, yeah, that PlayStation one and two generation, um, and three, uh, they are, you know, there's a lot of great titles on there that we don't really have as much access to. Um, whereas, uh, yeah, I do, I do think Microsoft has made really great strides in their backwards compatibility, um, initiative and even Nintendo, uh, has, you know, not always provided the access that we would like but you do have uh reasonable access to a lot of older nintendo titles uh at this point so i think there's a lot of potential and we'll kind of have to still wait and see but th there could be a lot of really cool playstation 2 
games that that show up on this uh, service because you know they they have done some of the uh, PlayStation Two to PlayStation Four uh, titles that you can buy in the store, but you know there's only so many, and it's like where are all of these other ones that that could be on there? Um, so that that could I think that has a lot of potential to be very exciting. Talking just a little bit more about the three tiers, do you guys think these tiers are confusing at all? Um, you know, they're just they're just all variations of PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Plus Essential and PlayStation Plus Extra, especially sound. You know, what what is the difference between Essential and Extra? And then, uh, you know, they have the legacy uh, backwards compatibility stuff attached to the premium, the most expensive tier, and kind of the Game Pass equivalent library attached to the middle tier. Um, do you think that's a good idea with, like, kind of hoping that the most hardcore are going to be the ones interested in uh, the, re the, the retro stuff and, and subscribe to that premium subscription? Vince, your thoughts on kind of the tiers a little bit more? Yeah, totally. Um, so... Like I mentioned, that middle tier is uh, going to be really nice for probably the uh, more casual people who are interested in a, a different version of PlayStation Plus. Um, I think that's going to give them a lot more options for games that they're more interested in playing. Uh, stuff that would be like releases from the beginning of the PS4 to like now. I mean, that would include probably games like The Order 1886. Probably games like uh, um, Knack, Knack 2, you know. Two uh, baby. Knack 2 baby. Uh, I think, yeah, it, it will probably be a, a, a ton of fun for people who are more interested in playing like recent games. I think the more like hardcore PlayStation fans will opt for premium. And I think um, uh, to the point of the names being confusing, I think they they are a little like uh redundant. It's almost like getting a credit card like like oh do you want like Visa Rewards or do you want Visa Rewards Plus or do you want Visa Rewards Max Plus? And it's like oh but like Max Plus doesn't have what Plus has, but it does have what uh Max does and it's like okay, well uh uh all I need to see are access to PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP titles, and then uh, PS3 streaming, which uh, we'll touch on that. But I think yes. for now, <laughs> I, I think uh, casual uh, or more um, hobbyist gamers on PlayStation who see this option for more games, I think they're going to click it. Yeah, and Nathan, um, just to kind of get some of your final thoughts on the tiers and the pricing, what do you think of the pricing? Because um, if we are looking at uh, the yearly price of the premium, that highest tier bundle, that's 120. That is double the price of the $60 uh, for the yearly essential base base plan price. Um, do you think that uh, sounds like a, a reasonable amount if that is including um, their sort of Game Pass equivalent 400 PS4 and PS5 games as well as... Uh, the back catalog of the PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and 3, and, and PSP? I mean, like, it's an interesting price point, and 
on a per like especially for that premium it's you know technically was it like three four bucks more than ultimate is so yeah, yeah it's it's um it's fine like i i think like like vincent was saying like i think more people are especially your casual gamer uh, i think that popular choice is gonna be that middle tier and like rightfully so like you know i think we here value retro games like quite a bit and we um and like i do talk to people who do play retro games but i think and like the vast like gaming culture like i think more people opt for like more current or even like maybe somewhat like last gen games like if they're gonna play anything um i think retro is somewhat of an anomaly in the grand scheme of things and that's fine but i also like do value like preservation and like what Sony is doing with that higher tier. I think you're ever like, I can already see like parents' headaches going into the holiday season when they start rolling out, when the kids are like asking for like this and they're like, what the hell is it? Your <laughs> premium? Why is this essential? You know, they're gonna like lose their minds, like trying to figure out what the right price point and mm-hmm. they're like 10 year old kids explaining, he's like, you don't get it. Like, you know, just like losing their minds. And it's just, yeah, there's, there's like weird headaches. I think that's just gonna like ensue. And that's just like how it happens when you have a tier system, you know, that's why, you know, Microsoft really like honed in on ultimate, like that, this is the best. You don't really have to have anything less. So I don't know. It's, it's cool. I, I like options and, you know, I dig it. Yeah, I I agree. I like having uh, the options, but I can definitely see where some of that confusion might uh, creep in for, you know, the more casual, the less hardcore gamers. Um, but I do think that it's probably better than having PlayStation Plus as well as PlayStation Now, because... I think with that, there was even more confusion of like, okay, what are the differences between these completely two different um, sort of services? Whereas, you know, this one, at least it's all PlayStation Plus. Now, I do think that Xbox kind of has the right idea there of having like two tiers, you know, Uh, you can get Game Pass if you're just on your console. uh, But if you're really into if well, if you have a PC that's capable or if you want the one that comes with uh, gold as well, then just get the high tier one. That one is Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. That gets you everything that you need to have. No, I I will say one thing that I think Sony uh, that enough people not enough people are mentioning about this is that the highest tier price point for um, PlayStation, which is that premium, which is it's like it was it eighteen, nineteen a month, right? Something like that. Eighteen a month. Eighteen a month, and then the yearly is one fifty, correct? That that one's the one twenty. It's one twenty. Okay, so that actually is a discounted rate in the long run if you do the math for it, and it's actually mm-hmm. cheaper than Game Pass Ultimate in a yearly fashion because as of right now, you can only get three month, up to three month subscription stuff for Ultimate, which is forty five regularly, which adds up to one hundred eighty over a twelve month um, subscription. So it's actually Bill Spencer long run (laughs) than Game Pass Ultimate is. So you're getting bang for your buck if you're willing to show up that front end cash. Mm -hmm. Phil Spencer, drop a pin right now. (laughs) 
No, I think that is an important um, aspect to bring up. And yeah, I think um, if you are interested in that upper tier, it makes the most sense to go ahead and, and, and pull the trigger on the, the 120 uh, for the full year subscription. Like you said, kind of get the, the best bang for your buck there. Um, but it will be a decision that people have to make because, you know, some people do pay monthly uh, and like paying that uh, $9.99 per month for like their, their lowest tier subscription. Uh, for me, uh, it's it's really going to come down to those games. You know, um, is this library going to be comparable with Game Pass? Is PlayStation going to be getting um, exciting new releases, uh, even if not their own? You know, maybe third we see third party stuff. Uh, I talked about a little bit with my predictions, thinking, hey, you know, I don't think I don't think it's going to be surprising to you know a little bit down the line, see some titles that are advertising that they're coming to Game Pass and PlayStation Plus um, for their release. Um, but we uh, slightly mentioned it um, a little bit, and let's talk a little bit more about this detail about the PlayStation 3 being streaming only mm, here um, it is, this is but... it, it sounds like you guys both have some feelings about that already vince is this is this disappointing so this is a pain point for sure you you really hate to see it although i have been illuminated just slightly from seeing the tweets and articles of game developers that um did you know the ps3 was a nightmare to develop for <laughs> Do you know it's very, very hard to get any sort of PS3 software like running on like a kind of emulator? I didn't. I didn't know that it was that difficult. Apparently it is. Uh, streaming only uh, can be the future. I don't think we're in the future yet, though. Uh, streaming uh, sometimes is pretty unreliable. Um, that option for a download on PS1, PS2, and PSP games rules, no questions about it. And seeing a streaming-only option for PS3 really hurts because you want to see them taking care of their PS3. Although, uh, I, I want to pose a question sort of back to y'all. Like, what PS3 game are you interested in playing that hasn't uh, been ported to the PS4? infamous one and two baby that's there's, the right answer there's actually a couple of things and this is actually a cool point the ps3 did that um the ps4 did a little bit but not to the nearly extent is there's a lot of really great collections that the ps3 had mm -hmm. um infamous one and two collection there's a really good sly cooper collection there's also a really good god of war collection from the PS3. metal gear Metal Gear. There's. I'm just looking at my shelf right now of my PS3 games. The Jack and Dexter HD remake collection, which is like a notable, uh, noticeable upgrade from the PS2 ROMs that are currently on the PS4 right now, uh, and so on and so forth. The Ratchet and Clank collection for all the PS2 games. Those are also yeah. So there, there's a good amount of like stuff just like collection wise that are. Uh, on the PS3 games that we're going to have to stream like just to have access to. Um, some of those and are PS2 games, so you will be able to play them probably if they make them available. I, I was going to say, we'll, we'll have to see what kind of access we get um, if, we, if we get those titles on PS2 or if we do get any, any of the sort of collections uh, remade for, for PlayStation 3. And then, of course, 
um, maybe maybe you get access to both, and you kind of have to make your decision of like, do I play the do I play the PlayStation Two one, or do I stream uh, the PS Three remake of the of the PlayStation Two one? Um, I don't know. I think that is it is too bad, you know, because um, I, I I honestly don't know how well they work or anything about them, but I think there are PlayStation Three emulators uh, that that work on PC. So if it is possible, you would kind of hope that PlayStation would have it figured out and make it possible. Uh, to to get those downloaded onto the PlayStation 5 at this point. Maybe that's something that they can uh, continue to work on and, and you know, make a, available at a later date. I think that would be uh, really cool to see. But for now, yeah, streaming uh, only for those PlayStation 3 titles. Nathan, do you have another thought about that? Yeah, it's not great. Like, I I think this is one of the downfalls of PS Now, because I spent a whole summer playing on the service and, like, trying it out. And, like, okay, let's see if this is, like, a good bang for your buck. And, like, you know, I'll just be up front. It's not, really. <laughs> and one of the, yeah, downfalls is most of them are streaming, especially if you want to play PS3 games. And I don't know if it's PlayStation's, like, cloud gaming specifically. But, like, so when I do cloud gaming on my Xbox, um, my Series X, it works okay it's not perfect but i have been able to play with friends um like some like like dragon ball z fighters which is a precise game that you need very quick input actions for it works decently i i don't notice a ton of lag that can't be said ps now games because whenever i would play through those they would have a ton of input lag noticeable stuff that like just did not work well so that's like my like fears going forward with these ps3 streaming games is that like you are gonna have all this like input lag and it's gonna you know some of those games like require really fast precise actions especially like you know some of those god of war titles like hack and slash you gotta like be quick with those button mashes man Mm -hmm. you gotta just roll with it and yeah and like there's like some obscure titles on there too that like i'm just gonna be more frustrated than not trying to play through it even though i've heard like high praise for um yeah it's upsetting i i get why the ps3 like was a pain to develop for there's like yeah. jokes in like the dev communities like all about it like and there's a reason why they don't use that uh, method going forward but it's you know i wish sony would put in the money and time to build an infrastructure to do this but they're mm-hmm. they just chose not to yeah and, and now uh... i can't play heavenly sword or folklore, or three D dot heroes, or just you know, it's it, yeah. yeah. There, there's plenty, plenty of titles, and yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I think it is disappointing, and uh, the only thing I can say to try to keep it optimistic is like maybe that is uh, maybe the streaming, uh, you know, and their cloud capabilities, or if they can figure out, you know, how to just let us download. But maybe those are things that can get better over time. If I if I'm trying to be optimistic about it, you know. That is pretty much going to wrap up our discussion of the new PlayStation Plus tiers. Sounds like overall, mostly mostly pretty positive from the hardcore gamers here. Can I say that? We'll know in June. That's that's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Not much, not much longer of a wait. Um, but we are going to take one more break here, and then we'll come back with some community questions. All right, welcome back, everybody. That is going to bring us to our community questions section. We're going to answer some questions. These questions come from 
the community that you can join us on Discord at. You can send us your thoughts at hgzgameclub at gmail.com or by finding us on Twitter at the HGZ Show. Um, sometimes uh, these questions come from uh, your very own. So uh, these are my questions this time. But first question I've got here. What is your favorite video game fan theory? Uh, there are a bunch of different games out there, and just like movies, sometimes the fans come up with their own theories about what's going on. Uh, Nathan, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, what's your favorite video game fan theory? Is this like, so I just wanted to like confirm, is this like, it like has to do with like maybe like industry stuff, like why we're like certain games come out or whatnot or is it more like story based like oh well you know this is why link has like a gun or something i was <laughs> i was thinking more like He's that if you do gun. have the theory on uh why link has a gun this I'd love is to hear why it. link has a gun <laughs> i don't know man breath of the wild 2 is gonna be wild uh oh i, I, uh, I didn't do that <laughs> too soon <laughs> I, uh, I'll let you know what mine is first here. Maybe that'll... Uh, and mine is uh, more of almost like an Easter egg, really. But um, my theory that I really like is that the Uncharted and the Last of Us games are in the same universe. And I think that's uh, kind of fun because, uh, you know, they're made by the same developer. And uh, the hints that we get uh, to them being in the same universe is that in Uncharted 2... Um, there's like a there's like a newspaper with the headline about um, like a new virus that is like uh, happening all over the world or, or something. And so I, I don't think that's enough to be like a confirmation that like The Last of Us is the future of Uncharted. But I think it's a, a fun little nod that, you know, these these could be in the same universe. And and so there's there's that kind of theory is that they are in the same universe. So. Uh, that that's the one that I chose and was was kind of uh, thought was just a, a fun little thing. Um, Nathan, I'll give you a, another second, but uh, Vince, what what did you think? What did you uh, f choose for this question? So this isn't even really like a fan theory, but it, it's uh, something that I I enjoy. Is the whole like in Pokemon Red and Blue when you uh, fight your uh, rivals uh radicate and uh defeat it in battle uh you like meet your opponent again your rival again at a like pokemon like graveyard basically um uh i forget what the name of the tower is um but you battle him there and his radicate's not on his team and he was at the tower visiting like a pokemon grave and like just the idea that they wrote into like Pokemon's like, yes, and after your battle, like his Raticate was killed. Like, was it your fault? Who's to say? Like, it's never addressed. Megan is making a face. She is so disturbed to hear this. She's never heard this before. Yeah, that's uh that's a good one. I I read a couple of uh darker themed Pokemon theories. Um, uh, so that's that's pretty funny. Um yeah, that is a noticeable thing that happens in that game. Um, Nathan, I'll, I'll swing back to you now. Yeah, no, so I was thinking about this. Um, so I recently played the game Inside, and that's a very strange 
game if anybody's ever played it it's a you know puzzle platformer where you play as a little boy who's going through this like dystopian dark um world and for seemingly you don't know like no apparent reason until you get um i'm gonna drop spoilers here um skip ahead if you want but basically what happens is like you uh, evade all these scientists to get to like kind of towards the end of the game and you merge with a blob of just like human goo with like that has like all these limbs and everything sticking out and you merge with it and roll out the facility like like destroying everything in your path buildings and people and scientists and then finally once you get to the outside of this facility the like blob just like rests and like just stays there and then the credits just roll on it and I was thinking about this, and there's a really good um, fan theory online about how the blob is a mind control like entity that reached out to this little boy and has compelled him to move forward throughout this facility to help it escape and then roll out of there. And apparently, like, there's a lot of like weird fan theories with this developers like games in general. Like, Limbo is supposedly about a boy who is going through, like, this world as punishment for killing his sister. And that's why, like, all the kids avoid that little little boy in it. It's just, man, dark games. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I, I love that. Uh, yeah, both, uh, I think both of their games are very, very ambiguous, uh, sort of. So I, I love that sort of uh, uh, theory and, and try, trying to, you know, add some rhyme or reason to what's going on there. I love the intonation of gamers to be like, what if I took this nice thing and made it sadder? What if it was actually <laughs> sad on purpose? That would be a gamer thing to do. <laughs> but let's keep on moving here. We've got a couple more questions to get to. Second question. If you could own any vehicle from any game, which vehicle would you choose? Vincent, I'm coming to you first. Um, is uh, your horse uh, making a comeback, or did you choose uh, maybe a different vehicle? I chose a different vehicle, Michael. I wasn't even thinking about my long-lost friend, John F. Kennedy. No, I was thinking about, you know what? If I could own any vehicle from any game, i pick Kaneda's motorcycle from the hit NES game Akira. Whoa. That's right, sucker. I looped ya. Now I get to have the anime motorcycle, and I'm not crying about my horse anymore. <laughs> crying yeah, so, sorry to bring bring that back up, Vince, but oh, that's pretty cool. Now you can like slide into uh, every stop that you make, right? That's all I'll do, is I'll just slide. I'll like tear the shit out of my leg on some gravel, but I will for sure be sliding. Awesome. Uh, that is a good choice and uh, good good pick. Good way to uh, choose a uh, not game vehicle. <laughs> that it's in a video in a game, game, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. Uh, Nathan, what about you? If you could choose any vehicle, which one would it be? I would. Uh, it's gonna seem like copying now, but I, it. I would do the Master Cycle Zero from Breath of the Wild just because that thing is a lot of fun and motorcycles are cool as heck and Link riding a motorcycle game, sure. was awesome. Good pick, horse bike thing. Uh, yeah, that would be fun to ride, right? 
show I also up to wanna, work. Uh, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to uh, every single uh, scooter in a Kirby Air Ride. Mm, yeah, the, how fun would that be? That'd be yeah. a good, good vehicle. Um, well, I didn't know that motorcycles were going to be so in, but, uh, the vehicle that I would choose is the Normandy from Mass Effect, uh, because this is big enough, uh, for me and all my friends to hang out on and have a bunch of weird alien sex on, um, you know, there's... With each other. With, with each other. It's not weird. It's totally not weird. Uh, there's a cool fish tank, so I can take care of my fish while I'm traveling all around space. Uh, I think that'd be a cool one to have. I don't know, the, uh, how I would get to it, because it can't land on any planets, uh, if you remember. I'd need the shuttle as well. I don't know if that counts as a separate vehicle. Uh, but maybe I just live the rest of my life, uh, in the Normandy. If we were Normandy, uh passengers uh which room would you make the room that you hung out in to be interacted with by shepherd um if if i was uh if i like which room would be my room yeah like i would say that i would probably hang out in the engine room where like tolly would hang out yeah um i would probably hang out uh down where garris is and uh help him do all those calculations Nathan, where would you be hidden on my Normandy? Right in the banging Miranda's office. Like that's <laughs> the best spot. It's you know got privacy. That's the uh, Cerberus uh, company man for you. And that is, of course, how it is uh, labeled on the door outside, as well as Miranda's banging office. Uh, incredible. Um, let's, uh, quickly move past that into our next question here. Um, I know the answer, but, uh, the question is, have you ever had a crush on a game character? Vincent, I'll come straight back to you for this one. Um, I don't like this. I don't like this target. Let's, uh, uh let's, uh, take a look to your left. Take a look to your right. Uh, is your significant other right there? <laughs> Yes, Michael, and I'm I'm uh, confident and uh, secure in saying, oh yeah, totally. I've had a crush on a video game character. Are you kidding me? I mean, I I mean, that's just the nature of like growing up with cartoons and like media is developing little crushes. I honestly can't say like who I had a crush on first, but like when I was playing um, uh, Psychonauts as a kid, I I liked that like. Lily didn't really like Raz or was like totally like mean mugging him the whole time. So I had a crush on her too. Yeah, it's uh it's hard to avoid. Um I will answer and say, yes, I have had a crush on a video game character. Um just recently, uh, my real-life uh, fiancé was teasing me because I have uh, so many pictures on my phone of this cute girl, Aloy, that I've been spending <laughs> a lot of time with in Horizon Forbidden West. Um, she's always smiling in your photos, Michael. She must really like you. I know, because she's so adorable. Like, how could you not? I don't know. Um, so we'll see. Uh how uh i'm doing uh as i try to get over that <laughs> uh 
Nathan, tell me, have you ever had a crush on a game character? And tell me which one. Most definitely. Um, the, like, probably the most prominent one in my life would be Tally from Mass Effect. Um, yeah, I I adore Tally. I think there's a reason why she's, like, one of the most popular in the fandom. Great, great through and through. But I also have another that, you know, it's it purely... Um, physical purposes uh late miss uh for a game i didn't even play um you know lady d from uh resident evil 8 of course and i'll just leave it at that <laughs> no nothing else needed nathan wants to get stepped on <laughs> um hey, no incrimination here i did not say it yeah one excellent for nothing more needs to be said <laughs> except uh, for let me just say this. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome, Nathan. I I also really liked Tali, and wow, how satisfying was that when you get to number three and she's finally a romance option? I think they had to have been listening to the fans and been like, yeah, okay, let's let's make a way that we can figure this out. Um, so always great when there's a great game character that you really just vibe with, you know? Um, final question that I'll pose to the group here. What is your favorite snack to eat while gaming? Nathan, I'm going to switch it over to you right now and do not say myself. Uh, crap. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, my gamer fuel tends to be a mix of some popular options such as like chips, uh, specifically of the Dorito kind. Um, you know, keep a napkin, keep your controllers clean, people. And sometimes, like, uh, carrots with, like, a little bit of ranch. Ooh, okay. I like it. I like it. So, Nathan, you mentioned Doritos. What flavor are we talking about here? Are we talking about nacho cheese? Are we talking about Cool Ranch? It's nacho cheese, baby. Very I'm a big fan of the uh, sweet, spicy chili. Very um, interesting. That's another good choice. Vincent, yeah, tell me, what are you eating? What's your mm -hmm. gamer fuel? I'm I'm going to follow up on what you said, Nathan, about eating chips while gaming and uh, keeping those hands clean. Don't get your grubby mitts all over that nice dual sense. Um, so let me give you my uh, gamer tip. It is me sitting on the couch with uh, whatever I'm drinking as gamer fuel. It could be a beer, it could be water, it could be tea, whatever. Um, and I have my bag of my favorite flaming Hot Munchies. Um, Munchies is a uh, mix of like little Doritos and little pretzels and little Cheetos and like Sun Chips. And they have a flaming Hot variety that is so hard to find um, and is often not restocked at my local plaid pantry. Um, but I, when I can get my hands on those bad boys, I grab a pair of chopsticks and I chopstick the chips out and I eat my chips with chopsticks to keep my fingers from getting dirty. Wow. <laughs> that took an incredible turn that yeah, I don't, I don't think I was prepared for <laughs> from the lead your, of. You got your tea ready and all that, Vince? Uh-huh. Yeah, either tea or like water or uh if i am like at plaid and i get like a diet coke or something um but flaming hot munchies is like the only munchie i want to eat 
Uh, you can make your own if you want, but uh, really you shouldn't have to in this economy. With the way the world is now, with how high gas prices are, you should be able to get a bag of flaming Hot munchies basically from any store. That is awesome. I'll have to look for that variety of them because uh, that sounds good. Um, I will quickly mention that uh, I uh, don't feel very adult in saying so, but I'm kind of a candy person. Uh, so if I can get my hand on any sort of chocolate candies to be eating while gaming, that's a dangerous situation because I will finish them and I will not feel bad about it. <laughs> Peanut butter M&Ms are another yes. highlight for me. Yes. Speaking my language over mm -hmm. there, Vince. Uh, so there you have it. Good snacks to eat while gaming. Good for, um, uh, good for the soul, not for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better for your soul. And in the end, isn't that good for you? <laughs> Um, so that's good. But I think that is pretty much going to wrap things up for this episode of the Hardcore Gamers Show. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss our April Game Club episode on Shenmue. Uh, join us on Discord where we're talking about video games every day or send us your thoughts to hgzgameclub at gmail.com. And come say hi on Twitter. Vincent is at Hillian underscore Himbo. Nathan is at Nathan underscore Loodle. And I am at Sensei underscore Dank. Finally, do us a favor. Tell a friend about the show. Tell them they can find the Hardcore Gamer Show wherever they already listen to podcasts. It's a show for gamers, made by gamers, and we'd love to have them in our community. Until next time, thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Vincent. My name is Michael Colville. This has been the Hardcore Gamer Show. Gamers out. Thank you.